This week, we have our very first guest from China on the podcast, Lola Lau, who currently works at Hope and Sesame in Shenzhen in Guangdong Province, joins the show. We talked with Lola about how she got her start in the industry shortly after she graduated from school when she got her first job working at an Irish pub. We also talk about how seeing the movie Hey Bartender led to her developing an interest in cocktails and spirits and a career in bartending. We talk about the multi-room and multi-themed bar Hope and Sesame where Lola is currently working. And we also discuss how the fact that despite the differences in North American and Chinese cultures, the clients are still all the same. Also, make sure you check out Lola on Instagram at Lola Says Go. It's a fascinating discussion with Lola and an episode you're definitely going to like. Enjoy the show. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip Saunders. This is Dan Soretta. What's going on? Not much. Just hanging out, enjoying the nice, most recent snowfall we have here at mm. lovely yeah, got Waterloo. Big dump. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> much like Ontario is in general right now. Yeah, that's uh, true. How are things going with you? Well, you know, it's, we're recording on the 19th. We just found out that uh, COVID restrictions are back in place for bars and restaurants. So not that good, man. Not that good. Yeah, that's right. As of today, ironically. Yeah. It, it, it worked so well the last time. They're trying it again. We have to be closed at 11 o'clock. Last call at 10 makes zero sense. Um, I think our premier is still convinced that COVID comes out after 10 p.m. <laughs> and yep. before 10 p.m., it's you're all you're all good. Yeah. You know, I I was talking to my business partner Sugar Run the other day, and he he put it the best of anyone I've heard. It was he's just like, look, either it's safe for me to go out or it's not. Like, <laughs> so if it's safe for me to go out, then there should. Why are there any restrictions? And if it's not safe for me to go out, then fine, lock us down, give us some rent relief and some support, and uh, we'll deal with it. Yeah, no, you won't be locking anyone down no. just so you can save money. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to give us the rent relief, so yeah, they'd rather no. just say, oh, you're open, you're fine. That's why they knocked down the wholesale price of booze starting January 1st. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. I get 20% off booze that I can no longer sell. Yeah, perfect. perfect. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, enough about that bullshit. We have a great guest coming to join us very shortly. Uh, Lola Lau will be with us in just a minute. I'll be bringing her in before we get to that. Um, if you like to program, then you should subscribe to it. That's a really easy thing for you to do. It helps us out a lot. If you want to post a review and rate us, that's even better. Mm -hmm. We should also say that if you want to be on the show and you're in the service industry, I got a story to share with us, then you should DM us at the Industry Podcast or you can email us directly at info at the industry podcast dot club. Mm -hmm. yep. And of course, as always, Zach Hanna, who I guess I've been fucking up his... Uh, Instagram handle, yeah. yeah it's uh, ZachHanna.co. Okay, so there it is. That's that's who you want to talk to for all your design needs. He does the great artwork that we have yes. on our page. And that's also the same address as his website. So that'll take you to ZachHanna.com. And that is spelled Z-A-K-H-A-N-N-A-H.co. Perfect. So this is a bit of a different experience for us. We are recording at early afternoon, our time, because our guest is coming to us from South China, Lola Lau. How are you? Hi, everybody. Hello. I'm great. So, I just finished the night. Did yeah, Lola here? just got off work and we're just getting up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks very much for coming on the show. Yeah. Honored. So this is, the other thing that we're going to be doing a little different today is Lola has sent us a couple of her cocktail recipes, so we mix them up here to share with her. So we're gonna we're just gonna be talking about Lola and what's going on in South China. But first, let's talk about this uh, first drink we're gonna try here. It's the herbal martini. The herbal martini. Let's just see. I'm just gonna. Do you? Would you rather I didn't spill the recipe or? Yeah, you can share the recipe. Okay. I can I can do a little retouch later. Okay. So the recipe is for this one. Let me just pull it up here. It is Cotswold Dry Gin. Fernet Hunter and Fee Brother Lavender Bitters. Now, we didn't have all those exact uh, brands, but we made our best version of that. So, cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers to you, Lola. Thanks cheers. for coming to us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting. Oh, that's delicious. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, we now know that Lola knows what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, talk to us a little bit about... You're our first Chinese guest, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So talk to us a little bit about what's going on in South China with the bar scene, especially during the pandemic. So in China right now, so like China is like a 
it's like Canada, it's like the whole land is very big, right? So everything happening slightly different everywhere, but like like Shanghai, like Guangzhou, they are actually quite okay. We are all back to the business and not so much drama. Like we have to stop for like two weeks or something. It's all it's all in control now. It's pretty good. In and even in like like Chengdu, like more mainland, uh, more inside province, they're totally fine. Oh, even really? the first place that yeah, even the first place who found the COVID is like totally fine now. I, I just had a guest ship like a few days ago there. Oh really? In um, yeah, Wuhan. Yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, in Hubei, Wuhan. Yeah. Wow, crazy. Well that's I'm very envious of you. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> It's out of fucking control here. We got the Omicron vi- variant going nuts. Uh, with lots of new cases, and that's like doubling every day, if not, yeah. more, if not more. There's a lot, of, a lot of panic in our area of the world again. So we're back to restrictions and shutdowns, and who knows what's coming next. So I'm, we, we envy you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we also have to like, even though we also have to like do doing, you know, the stuck something in your nose to do the test, you know. The, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like every maybe three, four days. So, and uh, it's very strict policy in the airport as well. So, right. Yeah. Uh, and how's the vaccination yeah. rate in general? Are most people vaccinated? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. And also the government would do a little trick to, you know, trick you to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, for example, like, for example, let me see. What was the last time? Okay, so like in right now, like everyone, if you want to go to a bar or go to somewhere like public indoor place, then you have to scan a QR code and you have to show them uh, you are green. Like your QR code is green. It mm-hmm. means you're safe. You haven't been to any like a uh, high risk area. So we're doing that uh, in case if someone shows up like, oh shit, yellow, yellow QR code. Okay, you're not allowed to get him. You need oh, okay. to go to do the test. And you have to like ban yourself in the room by, I don't know, seven days or something until the test come out. So I think, yeah, so because people need to drink, people need to go out. So eventually people were like, okay, what the fuck? Well, whatever. I, I just go to do the vaccine. Yeah. Something uh, like that. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's, we don't need to spend too much time talking about COVID. We're all fucking sick of it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's talk about the cocktail scene in in China in general, and and specifically, uh, remind me again the city that your bar is in. Uh, right now, I'm working in Hope and Sesame in Shenzhen, so it's also a very style city next to Hong Kong. And so, what's the cocktail and, uh, scene like there? I know that you obviously have a scene, like you've you've won you won the um, Quantro Queen China competition. So there's obviously a scene of competitive cocktail bartending. So is it is is that region of the world? Like, do you have lots of cocktail lounges and bars? Yes, actually, I think right now in Shenzhen, uh, over the last two years, uh, there are be four hundred something new oh. bars opened. Holy Ooh, shit! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And when I first came into Shenzhen, which is like maybe four years ago, and it was only it was only maybe ten. Oh crazy. really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Like a lot of like obviously they have they have a lot of like dive bar or something, but like I worked almost the first ever speakeasy bar in Shenzhen. And at that time maybe only ten bar. Ten kind of like a real cocktail bar in Shenzhen. And now it's like four four hundred. Crazy. That's that is crazy. So obviously, some of the original ones you worked in, some of the original ones, like that's obviously a massive influence on these new ones that are starting up. How's the competition level with regards to you know making signature cocktails and like how do you draw if there's four hundred of them? How do you draw people to like Charlie's? Uh, Shenzhen, I would say, is a kind of weird city. So maybe it sounds a little bad, but I think there are a lot of young people and, you know, young people tend to be a little cocky and they don't, mm, they don't really like see themselves like a very humble. So they, they are like, uh, I don't like to go to competition. Competition is like shit or something. I just do my thing. Right. Um, yeah. Something like that. But still like the whole China, every different area, there are, some really good bartenders, they love to do it. They love to show themselves to the world. They love to create new things. and Really, really nice. 
the competition feel is is quite nice. Only only one thing I didn't really uh, really enjoy about the newly company competition is they have we have to do a lot of like a show social media yeah, uh, yeah. like on on TikTok or something to attract the audience. Right. And yeah, and and most of the time all those audience doesn't really like to drink or come to the bar but they count uh, how much likes of the video to be some a uh, part of the score right which i think it's not very great yeah no, so you become a commer- yeah so you yeah. become like a i don't know video maker but instead of a good bartender right like no one even can taste your drink Right, right. Yeah. And and that's probably been even more so since the pandemic, right? Because you're doing a lot more over social media and Zoom and what, what have you, as opposed to like before when people like if people knew you were a good bartender because they came to your fucking bar and had a drink. That actually that's kind of true, but that the situation I talk about is actually happened happened like two years ago, uh two years before the pandemic even happened. Oh really? Yeah. So Okay, so that's sort of interesting, and I guess like when it when it pops up that way. So like for here in North America, I found that it really exploded because bartenders were looking for a way to still execute their craft while their bars were closed, right? So like the whole bartending over social media and doing like Zoom presentations and classes and whatever that that really picked up during lockdowns. But you're saying like it was already happening like two years before the pandemic, there. Yes, actually, yeah. And there are a lot of very interesting things, like, because, like, I'm not sure how how it works in America or, like, outside of China. In China, really, like, everyone is crazy about, like, even even the, I don't know, next door, maybe the 65 years old, i.e., they could, they, they would love to, like, make any video and post on on the internet to show them. It's really cute, actually. It's yeah. really cute. So, yeah, this happened, like, Two years ago, uh, two years before the pandemic, and um, but I think it's a little different than like when you guys happening to do the masterclass and stuff online, uh, because all the information they put on the video in in the China social media, it's like kind of useless, right? Just for yeah. fun, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what's the or be uh, cool? Yeah, like obviously we're talking pre-pandemic at this point, but what was is is like your city there? Is it a heavy tourist area? Like, do you get people from all over the world coming, or is it mostly local people? We get a lot of people from everywhere actually. Before before the COVID starts, Shenzhen is one of the city that have a lot of foreigners. Mm. Like besides Shanghai and Beijing and Guangzhou, like this is the fourth. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so do you have, do you feel like that uh, with regards to like pushing you and your own craft, like obviously having so many bars is going to push you because you you want to stand out in that scene, but also like having tourists from around the world coming in, does that, do you find that that pushes you with regards to coming up with new original concepts? Absolutely. And I, and I have to say, like, I'm really thankful that like uh, all my boss, like gives, give me so many chance and because I since I start working in this industry, all my bosses they are English speaker or French people. So I got the chance to like practice my English, and it really helped me a lot. So hey, your, um, your English is amazing. A lot of <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're really good. I think I keep saying yeah. uh, uh, it's not very nice, but I'm trying to be better. No, it's really, actually it's... like because of the pandemic after i come back to shenzhen how to say like there are not as many foreigners as before now mm-hmm. i didn't have enough chance to like uh, speak english my english kind of like <laughs> getting a bit worse yeah well languages are like you know sports like if you play tennis or whatever you if you don't play tennis for four years you're gonna be pretty shitty when you pick it back up right so if you don't if not practicing all the time i i, I was trying to learn I think a lot of people did this during the lockdown, tried to learn another language as some something to do, right? So I was I've been trying to learn yeah. Italian over Duolingo and it's like great, I can read it pretty well now, but but because I don't have anyone to speak with, like I like not nobody in who I hang out with speaks Italian. So like I, I have no chance to practice it. So like to try and form a sentence with it, I'm still terrible. Yeah, same here. And the sign of, of the language about cocktails, it really does help me because I could meet uh, many people who have 
drinks anywhere in uh, outside of China, and they could always like. They're always like very nice to me and like, hey, like Lola, I love to share this recipe with you. Can you make it for me? Or oh, I only remember a few that kind of thing, like a like a, maybe a bell pepper or this and that. Can you can you make something similar that could like inspire me a lot and、mm-hmm. give me a lot of chance to do something in、uh, recreate something in my own style or like try to or, or learning new recipes? Really great. So, do you get a lot of that then, like from your guests coming in and saying something like, like I mean, bell pepper, like you mentioned, is a pretty specific flavor to,、mm. especially when you're talking about a beverage, right? So,、mm. like, do you get a lot of that, like people coming in and saying, like, I would like a cocktail, but I, this is like a flavor I'm looking for? Yes, yes, actually. So, let me introduce you a little bit about the hope and sesame in Georgia.、Yeah. So right now you're seeing me behind behind me. This area is called Charlie's. So、okay. in this in this place we have like three different rooms. First room is called the Charlie's, which is doing the、like、Italian style cafe. And middle part、uh, is called Hope and Sesame, which is like more gimmicky stuff. A lot of like clarify、uh, clarification. How to say roto vape? Yeah, oh yeah, that yeah. kind of like yeah, something like that.、Okay. And There are a very special room like behind these two area. It's called the August Room, which is recently I work there like every day. So in August, it's really free and it's more private. And we,、uh, I tend to before there are another bartender, so he does his style. But for me, August is all about sharing and sharing the experience with the guests, sharing the taste and. Like learning each other, helping them to、uh, know more about the cocktail world. So I try to not prepare so like prepare too much because sometimes they would get confused. They don't know how to choose. And but every time when the customer come in, I would ask them like,、uh, "What are you looking for?" And I could help you to、uh, create something that like through everything I have behind me, something like that. And most of the time, yeah. But actually, in Shenzhen, not so many guests looking for specific flavor like bell pepper. Right. But right. they will always like tell me like, oh, maybe something herbal. I mean, something really strong, something、yeah. strong and sour, something like that. Yeah, it's kind of weird, like strong、yeah. and sour, right? Yeah.、Please. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Pull that one up. Yeah, that's the one thing I've. Like, always- can it? Can it give me a martini with 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 a little bit of citrus acid, like? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs>、okay. that's the that's the scourge of all our existences, which is the customer who thinks that they know what the fuck they're talking about, and they come in and they're just like, "Can you make me something that's sweet, sour, acidic, and also vegetal?" <laughs> you know what I mean?、Yeah. Like it's like, no, I fucking can't do that, and nobody can.、Mm. But, and then they're like, "Wow, shitty bartender." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.、Um, that's interesting. <laughs> Okay, so uh, that uh, I did want to flesh out that concept,、uh, the concept of the bar that you work in, because it seems pretty cool. So the three different rooms, do you have you do you work in all of them? When I first start, I have another bartender working in the August room, and I take care of the Charlie's and Hope and Sesame part. But I'm the head bartender now, so I actually take care of all the products from each、uh, from every. Area, but because recently we have a little change, so I handle all the product at the same time, and also have to like working. I need to work in the August room every night, almost every night. Yeah. Okay, that's cool, and I like the idea of like having. So we have a couple bars like that in、uh, in Toronto, which is close to where we live, where they the concept is sort of like an interactive experience between the bartender and the guests, where. It's sort of like, okay, what are you looking to get out of your experience here? These are the flavors I'm interested in, and you kind of build a drink around that. But then you, but it's kind of cool in in your bar because you also have Charlie's up front, or the more of like、oh, a, la- yeah, yeah, where you have sort of your signature drinks, and that's what people order, right?、Mm-hmm. That's great. That, what a great experience! Like, especially so when. I'm just kind of really interested in this part.、So. <laughs> I'm also always looking for ideas. So, <laughs> but、uh, so yeah, in the three rooms, do you find that the guests like bounce between the three rooms, or or do they go and just 
hang out in the in one of them. When the first time they come in, they're all looking for the middle room because obviously Hoban Sesame Park is more famous for them. And they always like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to stay outside. I don't want to see in Chinese. It's a, it's a cafe. I don't, yeah, right. I don't want to drink coffee. Yeah. But I, we will, everyone, we train everyone to like explain them well, like uh, how it works. And in Chinese, we don't only do coffee. We do coffee cocktail. We do a lot of like sprees and stuff. And then eventually, maybe the second time, the third time, and they will find. Uh, they will find out like which area they actually really enjoy. I remember at the very beginning, everyone was looking for Hope and Sesame. Only would sit at the middle when we, when it's packed at the middle. No one wants to sit outside. They were all like, "I, I don't want." It's like, it's not Hope and Sesame. Right. And then after maybe a few times, they will be. They come in here is like, oh, I want outside, please. Yeah, I don't want the needle. <laughs> oh, I, really? I, I, yeah. Because, yeah. That's and good. also because our manual, you could order the Hope and Sesame drink and drinking at the Charlie's, it, there's no problem. We don't like strictly like, oh, you stay at Charlie's, only drink at Charlie's. Mm, doesn't matter. So eventually they will find, that, oh, I feel like outside is more nice. So I would just stay outside, but I drink whatever I like, something like that. So for the three rooms aesthetically, like what is there? A di- is there a major difference in the design of the three rooms, or the or is it sort of a similar vibe? It's very different, actually. So Charlie's, well, looks like a cafe. Second part, well, I can't, I can't really show you on the video. No, no, the, that's fine. Nobody can see it anyway, yeah. Lola. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's true. Yeah. The Hope and Sesame part is more like they have like a, a crazy, crazy lighting, like different color. And when you open the door between Charlie's, going through the door from Charlie's to Hope and Sesame, you will immediately get into a different vibe. And even the music is different. Yeah, so different, people yeah. will be like, yeah, very shocked. And when you go through the two doors, to get in, uh, get in the August room from Hope and Sesame. It also looks very different as well. And the music suddenly become like more quiet, more chill, the jazz and blues. And they will be all like, wow, this is like another level. <laughs> okay, so I'm very interested in music in bars as well. Uh, that's what I take a lot of pride in, in in my two places is the, the vibe with the music. So just like I, I'm just very interested in what's going on in South China for music in general but like so you're saying the back room in August it's like more blues jazzy a little quieter what's the music like in Hope and Sesame and then what's the music like in Charlie's in Charlie's music is more how do I describe I, I can't really I can't really think of a word but like very tradition like I can't really explain this one okay that's fine I can, I can show you the play, play, playlist later though yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I really can't think of. But in Hope and Sesame, because we ta- uh, the customer we targets are younger people, and so the music is like more rap, R and B. Okay. Okay. And so in um, Hope and Sesame, which is as you're saying originally the most famous part of the whole location. Mm-hmm. Is that so? And that's more of like sort of a laboratory liquid intelligence type cocktail making. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you're doing stuff with like you're using the fancy equipment. You're so so shit like they do it. Like I don't know if you're familiar with like the Aviary or Death and Co or places like that. Not that crazy, but it's also depending on our theme of our menu as well. And right. every we try to change our menu every four months, or every every season. Or maybe mm-hmm. one and a half season, something. It all depends on what's the theme of the menu, of that season of the menu. And right now, we are doing, let me see, uh, called Classic Psychedelic. Oh. So we try to, so it's a classic twist, but we twist it in a very fun and very crazy way. Okay, like, for example, you- we have a, Yes. I was just going to ask you for an example, and then you already started. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, you don't even, example. Lola, you don't even need me. I'm just going to lay out. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I talk too much. I'm no, no. I'm, ju- I'm, I'm being serious. You're, you're, you're a step ahead of me during this interview. So. <laughs> oh, well. So, for example, there's a cocktail called Irish Russian. 
So Irish Russian is a twist on it's a twist and a combination of two classic cocktails, which is Irish coffee and white Russian. And how we twist it, we try to combine it. We so first of all the color, the two cocktail, the both two cocktails look like like dark brown uh, under, right? And there's a white cream on top. So we try to twist it. We try to uh, switch it. We make a new wash drink uh, for the for the under part, and then we made a darker using the what is that called? Active charcoal powder. Oh, yeah, yeah, active yeah, charcoal yeah, powder. Yeah. yeah, to make the caramel flavor cream on top. So it become like clear on the on the under part and dark on the top part. Layered. And also, yeah, yeah it's yeah. layered. And the cream part also is warm. So because Irish oh. coffee, when you're having it, it's like hot under and it's like cold on top, right? We switch the temperature as well. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, I, yeah, you can see why people want to come there and check that out. <laughs> so I, I guess why that's, that's probably why they want to sit in the middle room. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, but they but, could also order it from Charlie's. Right. No problem, what the fuck, they, people? Yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> okay, let's talk a little bit about, well, actually, we should talk about, the, we're, we, Dan and I have moved on to the next cocktail, the Lion and Rose, which is yeah. Lagavulin 16. We ended up using Lafroig because that's what we had, but PD oh. Scotch. Amaro Montenegro, which I'm a huge fan of, and dry vermouth. So we're going to try that. Cheers to this. Cheers. 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 (laughs) What are you drinking, by the way? I'm still drinking the herbal martini. Yeah. I don't know what ratio you put. I I put 80 and honey. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you need to catch up, Lola. We're drinking, er- we're drinking early in the day. You're done work. We, we, we still have to go open my other bar today. This is also delicious. So mm-hmm. uh, all I, I, I'm just going to say right now from an impartial observer, everyone, if you're in South China, go to Lola's bar because she knows what she's doing. Yes. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about you then. How how did you? So you've been in the business for nine years. What, mm. what what made you decide to jump into the industry life? And when did you? Do, at what point did you decide it's kind of what you wanted to do? I was just graduate from from a design school. Actually, I didn't find any any company that I was interest interested to work for. And then somehow I was at the same time I didn't because at that time I don't want to take any money from my family. I don't want them to like help me or something. I just want to be like independent. So I mm-hmm. started to doing part-time job in an Irish pub. Oh, and yeah. then at the Irish time, pubs, they're everywhere. The, the fucking yeah, Irish have yeah. taken over the world. Chris <laughs> <laughs> are delicious though. Yeah. I still remember I was craving, craving all the food and stuff. I started to work there and then one day, there is another bar, bought a founder of the bar, said like, hey, Lola, I think you are great at service, so come work with us. And suddenly, after I worked for them six months, their bartender, one of their bartenders quit and their cashier quit. So I, so I had to took over everything. And I was kind of interesting in like, like in uh, like how cocktails making, like, why is this so uh, crazy? People are so crazy about it. I was kind of interesting in spirits. But I wasn't really getting it because when I was working at that Irish pub, I had this really awful mojito because they were using using the what is that called like a package? Oh, the pa- the, uh, the powder, uh, the the powdered lime not powder. Yeah, it's brown like sugar, but not powder. They're kind of like still big. So oh, I okay. thought it was the 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 dry, what is that called the product that. You it always come in like a sugar package, but it's for drying things, like keep things from getting oh shit, humid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh what's that called? Oh, no one can think of like that. a desecrate. <laughs> yeah, something like, like a desecrate almost. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fuck, what's it? Uh, yeah, so so they didn't melt the exactly sugar. Right. Uh, let the sugar all melt. So when I drink it, but the sugar at the same time it kind of melts a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. It become like like a little 
balls, like a lot of little balls in my in my mouth. It sound, it tastes like that that like a poison product. I okay. thought I was drinking that. I was like so crazy, and it was only no. It was like wasn't sweet enough. It was like super sour and bitter. It was really awful. But when I was working at the second bar, I was like, why people love to drink this so much? I don't understand. And one day, another bar opened, and I heard they're quite famous. It's called Revolution Cocktail. So I went there for the opening, and I and people just like being very nice. They gave me a glass of mojito, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I had one. So I took one sip, and it was like, wow, Jesus Christ, is this the real mojito? It tastes damn delicious. So I become like really interesting about this the whole cocktail thing. So I asked them if I could work for them. My eventually, I eventually want to become a bartender. But no matter you want me to do right now, uh, like be a server or whatever, I could do it. Mm-hmm. And they just hired me. Oh, I think it's my yeah my. So I just got in this industry. And I, oh, obviously, I have watched the, after this uh, first year I worked for them. I think, did that video come out maybe, like, Hey Bartender come out maybe, like, four years after or something? I don't know. Maybe three years after. I, uh, some people show me that video. Well, no, that's a documentary. So I was like, wow, this is crazy. This is what the bar world really like mm-hmm. in, outside of China. That's crazy. I would love to do that. And I wish one day I could be like that and maybe work in the American or some in America or something. And I just like become crazy. And one blink and it's nine years. Yeah, that's how it happens, right? Mm. <laughs> I, for all of us, we you think you're just doing a thing like a part time job, and next thing you know, like for me, that happened where I was, oh, I'm just going to do this till I figure out what I really want to do, and then thirty years went by. yeah 30 years yeah so i moved into the ownership side now but still like like i still consider myself a bartender even though i do very little bartending anymore (laughs) yeah but yeah i I think you just get to a point where it's like okay well you either are going to keep bartending forever which is great a great profession on its own or you make that move to like open your own place right but so do you have any do you have any uh i Thoughts about doing that yourself or? So far, I don't think so because I think there are a lot of things to learn still before I can actually open anything. But there are actually a lot of like talent people and younger people in the industry. They already like open their their own bar in Shenzhen. It's really amazing. Mm. One of the bars called the Dockers is a champagne cocktail bar. Oh, and the, the two founder... The two founder, one is called Sam Wong, the other one is called Rainbow. They are a lovely couple. And Sam Wong actually is my teammate when I was going to the competition of Control Queen. And he helped me win. Wow. Oh, yeah. And I'm so happy. Yes, I'm so happy to see him like opening his own bar and doing good. And and he's also doing a lot of consultant work at the same time for other bars. Amazing. Yeah. But for for myself, right now I just want to I think I'm not good enough, so I just want to like maybe make like a couple of more of the menu and figure out like how flexible or how uh, how much I can grow till I feel tired. I don't, but I, I don't feel like I feel feel tired. But yeah, uh, I love what I'm doing now, and I love absolutely love serving people making uh, making their drinks. I might not end up to be like a Japanese bartender, like a 50 years old, 80 years old, uh, still behind the bar. But right now, I haven't think of like open my own bar. There are lots of customer and this and that, nice people like asking me like, hey, I could throw you a lot of money. Like, please just do whatever you want. I could let's open a bar or something. But I can't. I, I can't lie to myself. I'm a mm. first of all, I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a yeah, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. So I cannot do that until I feel like I'm ready. I cannot do anything else. Yeah. 
Right. Well, that must be flattering, but it's like, is that something that happens a lot? I know there's a lot of money in that area of the world where people are coming in and they're just like, everybody wants to open a bar, but they need, so like you do get a lot of offers that way? Yes. And I turned down a lot. Actually, I think loyalty is very important and I'm really appreciate my company, like who gave me a lot of chances, but I can't just like jump in this bar and like, Hey, you gave me a good chance, but they're not about to offer me more. I'm leaving. Bye. I cannot right. do that. Like there are lots of people who can do that, but I cannot. Yeah. That's admirable. We need more people like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the something I always like to ask people on the show who are like accomplished, like you are. What do you think goes into making a perfect cocktail list? Perfect cocktail list. Let me think. So first of all, you have to think of who you're serving first. So, but most of the time, I think in general. Your cocktail list have to cover uh, light cocktail, medium, medium volume cocktail, and also like a very strong cocktail. You you have to cover them all because people always have different needs. And also your cocktail list needs to be fun. Uh, it doesn't need crazy garnish, but it has to be fun when you're drinking it. Like you can't just like give them always like throw them a twist on a little twist on something. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think that that's become sort of the lazy man's way of... I mean, everything's a twist on something. Like, nobody's reinventing the wheel anymore, but it's, it's almost become like a lazy style of making a list where it's just like, oh, I'm just going to take this existing cocktail and tweak it a little bit and then call it a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that like... Uh... That doesn't bother me, but uh, when I go to, that's why when I go to most of the bar right now, I I would I would have a look at the menu, and if I find anything like something like just a single choice, then I I probably would not try. I would just order a martini. Right. Yeah. 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 What's oh, the... but few days ago when I when I went to Wuhan, oh my god! So it's the first time I went to Wuhan, but can find a bar like. Every drink was my type. Every drink I appreciated a lot, and it's so surprising. And uh, well, I just post three drinks on my Instagram. Hey, so everybody, if you want to follow me, remember yes. Lola says go. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well Dan always puts those in the show notes yeah, as well. So <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. yeah. No. no, I put a link to everyone's uh, Instagram in the show notes, so it'll be there as well. Yeah, you should check it, and your page mm-hmm. is good. So, uh, oh yeah, but so you you found in Wuhan, like you went to a bunch of bars where every drink you had was great. Yeah, that bar was really amazing, and the decor was amazing as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. When you're in a bar like this, where that you're working at right now, that where you have the mm. three the three rooms, ha, like staff wise, you obviously have your bartenders in each room, and then like you have your servers. Are you also like a, like a different bar back in each room, or is it uh, one for the whole spot? So right now we are putting two people on Charlie's. Also, Charlie's open from two p.m. as well. So we have like an earlier shift, uh, which is like. One person, we have the middle ship, another person, so they could help out. And Hope and Sesame and August only open from 7 p.m. And from that time, Charlie's will be like two person in charge, one in charge of the products, uh, the other person uh, in charge of the service. And at Hope and Sesame, we will put three people, uh, sometime maximum four people. And August, sometime one or two, see if it's like, uh, really need someone to wash the glasses or something. But most of the time, when I'm working in August, I just do everything by myself because like cleaning glasses in an elegant way is also a show to the guests. It is, yeah. That's an underrated <laughs> thing. People like to see that. It reminds you of like old movies from the 50s. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Where you'd always see people like polishing the glasses slowly. I think that, but mm. that when I'm, yeah, when I'm working, um, when I'm like, basically now I'm mostly in a help out role for the places that i own so but like yeah i'll make a show of fucking polishing the glasses it looks good yeah and you're like making it like fucking crazy and you even like put the put the glass up to the light and yeah like, oh. <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's clean okay that's clean <laughs> yeah, and you nod and you'll be like yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's, my, so that's, nice. my, that's my that's my main move that's my, <laughs> 
<laughs> that's about the only thing I do. That's all he's got, Lola. Yeah, that's that's it. it. <laughs> You'll see a lot of it today. No, yeah. that's all I do. That's all I do. Yeah, exactly. Like training so, is like making cocktails. Another is another thing. <laughs> yeah, that, but that's another part of the show as well. And and do you mm. find like it's, it's funny how like you know the world is so huge and we all have so many differences in our cultures but in for some reason in the service industry the cultures are very much the same at all times like people the guests come they like they they obviously want like amazing an amazing product to drink but they also like the show everywhere yes actually uh, there are lots of Wait, what kind of show are you talking about? Like, like from the polishing of the glasses to like putting on a show yeah, with the yeah, way yeah. you make with the way you make the cocktail, like you know, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Actually, a lot of people like uh, coming to August and ask me, "Hey, so I heard like bartender can throw bottles. Like, can you oh, do fuck. that for me?" Yeah. I'm like, uh, "No, and that's not my style. Can you look at my half shaved head?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. Let's just take a time out to talk about how flair bartending is like the most bullshit. <laughs> like, it's like it's like the Walt Disney of bartending. Like, you're not actually doing yeah. anything. <laughs> you're just you're just like manipulating emotion. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool though. We do we do that a lot in in clubs. Actually, that only happened in clubs. Oh, actually, in China there are some. People when they were getting married or something, they need uh, some kind of show or something. They would they would hire flair bartender to do a show, and actually they make good money, like yeah. five thousand RMB per time. Sometimes even twenty thousand. Really, Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah. Hey, I got a question. I, I talk- envy them sometimes. I think. <laughs> yeah, we talked a lot about cocktails. What about beer? What is there much of a like? Uh, is beer much of the market at all for for bars, or is it just primarily more cocktails and whatnot? It's actually, I don't really know that people. If the people who drinking beer love to go to cocktail bar, uh, because I haven't met a lot of those pe- uh, those people like asking me for like really fine beer at cocktail bar yet yeah and in china like beer bar and cocktail bar actually like if you look at drink uh, drink magazine bar award they have two different awards one is the the most uh, the best beer bar or like a, what is it called like a fine fine blue beer i don't know there are awards for beer part beer bar and they are award for cocktail bar, so they're mm. very two different things. Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't think people love to drink beer like we go to cocktail bar a lot. Actually, they would just like keep drinking beer. Um, I do have sometimes, uh, I do sometimes met some people would go to our bar and asking for like a very fine beer, but we don't have that. We only mm. have one beer in Charlotte, which is the Estrella. Estrella, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because we we find here that you got you, know, you kind of almost have to have everything. Like I own a cocktail bar and a wine bar, and at both spots I have to have at least something for the beer drinkers, or we don't get them. Oh, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But at least your but at least your at least your guests like they drink both. Yeah, sure. Our guests exactly. they either drink cocktail or beer. Yeah, mm. they drink and beer all night long. Like yeah, like there are a few times. There are some maybe how to say like a young either young girl or older people they would just come to the bar and ask for oh we just want beer we have a few beer and leave but they end up drinking beer all night long no matter how much we want them to know about a cocktail nope they just drink beer beer yeah. great yeah yeah I, I part of it's I always feel like even for myself part of it's just like. You know, at least when you're drinking a beer, the alcohol level is going to be at a lower rate. So if you're out for a bunch of drinks that night, it, it, it keeps you from getting too drunk. <laughs> well, actually, I could drink maybe one uh, for one night. I could drink maybe maximum eight Negroni. But if I drink beer, maybe three bottles of beer will put me down. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, do you have a, is there a big um, low ABV or mocktail scene there as well? 
Yes, actually. So recently there were two brands. The other brand is pushing harder. Uh, so we have two different brands. Uh, brand. One is called Silip. The other one is called Liars. Silip, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had, yeah uh, do you know uh, Liars? No, we don't know. But I, we had uh, the Canadian Seedlip ambassador on the show. Mm. Yeah, and it, that's a great product, actually, because I, I feel like I a lot. Silip. Yeah, the, a lot of the no alcohol spirits. I just I, I don't really get them. Like they taste like shit. Like we had a somebody dropped off a no alcohol tequila. And I was like fucking tequila like do i need a te- like is anyone looking for a tequila that doesn't have alcohol in it <laughs> what's the point yeah exactly <laughs> and it and it just tastes terrible and like i've also been trying but it's such a huge scene now i've also been trying to get a no alcohol wine for my wine bar and same problem like every we had a bunch dropped off from a rep for uh, of ours and it was everything tasted like tomato juice like that's the last thing i'm looking for in a glass of wine everything tastes like tomato juice how come yeah, i don't know they don't know what the fuck they're doing <laughs> <all of that. laughs> well tomato water does is one yeah. of my favorite ingredients to use <laughs> yeah you, you can't just put it in a wine bottle and call in a wine bottle and call it wine <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> yeah. um, that tastes good <laughs> but that is becoming a more prevalent thing in our in uh, in like the bar scene now is people who want no alcohol or low alcohol drinks. So do you uh, so you also find that that's the case uh, where you are and how much how much emphasis do you put on it when you're building a list? Do you do you make sure you have some of them on there already or do you just kind of make them to taste? I will put let me see so every menu we are doing, we are doing 18 cocktails and three of them is the non-alcoholic. Okay. Low ABV, we don't really use uh, those uh, Silip or Liars. We tend to just like do something with the spirit but low ABV, make it more interesting. Um, but when we when we design a menu, we try to always have like at least three non-alcoholic drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, people doesn't really like order that a lot, but every day at least... At least, let, let me see, like 15. Yeah. We sell at least 15 cocktail, mocktail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it's becoming a massive thing. And it's weird because like when I was growing up, nobody went to a bar if they didn't want to drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, well, but it, people like they, they're feeling they're feeling like the world is like getting down. Right. And they feel like, oh, my body is also like getting worse. So I need to be healthier. So they just. Yeah, yeah there's so many reasons, like either you're driving or you're pregnant or you're or like you said, just you're just having a healthy stretch. Right. Like and I know lots of people who like to hang out in bars, but don't drink at all. So it, it's definitely becoming a bigger part of our industry. Yeah, actually, I have make a feel mocktail like during daytime because our venue is under a surface apartment, so there are a lot of like family living there, and sometimes they their parents, like younger parents, they loved our bar, they loved our bar, and they would bring down their kids like maybe four or five p.m. in the afternoon after their school, and they would drink and they would drink a cocktail or coffee, and they ask me to make something special for their kids. I'm like. Wow. <laughs> okay, my customer is getting younger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I would try to use silip or liars to make fun mocktail for for those kids, and they always like really love it, and they will always mind explode. Like, wow, what does that taste? And after I explained them, explained it to their their parents, they kind of scared. Like, are you sure it's not a cause? Uh, I'm like, yeah, it's just flavor. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. You you really, really sure. <laughs> it started to become like kind of angry. I'm like, I'm like, yes, please. And then yeah. I have to show them the bottle. Yeah. No, I'm not trying to get your kid drunk. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm a, I'm a decent person. <laughs> I, in what world do they think the bartender wants a bunch of drunk children in their bar? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you find? Do you find that working with sometimes working with those um, non-alcoholic uh, drinks or mocktails or whatever kind of helps you in a way with your like development of your palate and your and your flavor profile? 
I think so. So one thing we are doing on our August steps menu is we cooperate with four different bartenders. And one of the bartenders is actually Eric Lawrence. Oh, sorry. Not Eric Lawrence. Lawrence or Antinori. Do you know, do you know him? Antinori, like from the from the wine family? Uh, Lorenzo Antinori, he's currently working in a bar called the Arco Bar in Hong Kong. And oh, okay. Let me see. So he made, uh, he shared the recipe with us. Uh, it's a, they call it the Red Rock Starderac. So it's a ready-to-drink cocktail. So we have to like pre-batch it, pre-dilute it, and bottle it and put it in the fridge. And when we need to serve, we just like pour 90, 90 milliliter out uh, and put a garnish and that's all. And the most interesting part is the dilution he's using is a, a non-alcoholic distillate of raw, uh, raw coffee bean and the green coffee bean and beetroot. So it's like, like this these two things together is already can become a non-alcoholic spirit, what mm-hmm. they call. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And recently, I, I, that in, inspired me so much that I would love to do more of those non-alco- non-alcoholic dilution uh, or distilled spirits to, to use in any of my cocktail. I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cool new advancement. In the, and, and I don't know, like... I feel like as much as a lot of shit has already been done in with with regards to craft cocktailing or whatever, there's still so much that can be done. And the more um, that we use technology in the same way that you're doing at in, in your middle room there, the the, the, the more yeah. that we the more that we do that, the more we can just sort of expand what we're doing in the craft cocktailing world in general. Uh, and and I don't know, like let. Let me just get your take on this. Do you think that there's a ceiling to this where we're like, everything's been done? Or do you think we're going to keep being able to expand and come up with more creative ideas? We could definitely come up with more with more idea. I think so. Good. It's definitely a bright future. Like we're playing non-alcoholic thing now. And before Silip, I couldn't think of anything like a pre-dilution in the bottle. I didn't think of that. And I think even after we play with uh, non-alcoholic things, we could still explore a lot of things, like maybe recently the sustainable cocktail and this and that. I, I think it's like really bright future. Well, that's a good spot to end it, Lola. Thanks so much for joining us. We, we got to go open a bar. You got to go to bed. <laughs> uh, but no this is this was super entertaining your cocktails were fabulous yes. we enjoyed them and thanks so much for being on the show yeah thanks again thank you so much